Welcome to Bible Believers Fellowship and the ministry of BVFOhio.com. I'm Pastor Greg, and I welcome you to our current events update and then our study in Micah chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, titled, The Mountain of the House of the Lord. The conclusion of this two-part message can be found at bbfohio.com as we begin with part one of two. The current events update. We are watching Israel at War 221-24. Day 138, the official number is still 134 when it comes to hostages. I'm not sure how that's all, you know, but they, they still have that number. And uh, credit where due, the Biden administration vetoed the UN ceasefire measure, so uh, that shot that down. A draft resolution at the United Nations Security Council calling for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza was vetoed by the United States on Tuesday. Those against? It was the third such veto since the start of the Israel-Hamas war. Abstentions? Britain abstained while the 13 other council members all voted in favor of the drafted text. Proceeding with a vote today was wishful and irresponsible. U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Linda Thomas-Greenfield told the 15-member body that the draft resolution could jeopardize ongoing ceasefire talks between the U.S., Egypt, Israel, and Qatar. We believe that the resolution on the table right now would, in fact, negatively impact those negotiations. Demanding an immediate, unconditional ceasefire without an agreement requiring Hamas to release the hostages Amen. will not bring about a durable peace. That's right. Instead, it could extend the fighting between Hamas and Israel. According to text seen by Reuters, the U.S. has proposed a rival draft resolution calling for a temporary ceasefire, quote, as soon as practicable and on the condition that all hostages are released. The blocked draft resolution, which was drawn up by Algeria, did not link a ceasefire to the release of hostages. Here's Algeria's UN ambassador. Voting against it implies an endorsement of the brutal violence. Israel's UN ambassador said the word ceasefire was being mentioned as if it was, quote, a magical solution. What exactly will this silver bullet ceasefire achieve? A ceasefire achieves one thing and one thing only. The survival of Hamas. Palestine's UN ambassador said blocking the Algerian drafted resolution would mean more horrors in a war that health authorities in Gaza say has killed nearly 29,000 Palestinians. The message given today to Israel with this veto is that it can continue to get away with murder. Outside the UN headquarters in New York, protesters called on the U.S. to back the resolution. Washington traditionally shields Israel from UN action. Three protests. Adverse to the word ceasefire in any resolution. Look at the draft three. resolution it proposed could signal a shift, as the U.S. text echoes language that President Joe Biden said he used last week in extensive talks with Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, in which he pushed for a temporary ceasefire. That's the propaganda. At least when it's, they show the video, at least you see that's propaganda. Protesters were opposing Israel outside of the UN headquarters. Three people 
two of them wearing big, huge, fake heads, you know. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's like we're in a uh, Saturday Night Live skit back when they was funny. And rewarding Hamas with a two-state solution is also dead on arrival, and that's good news. Um, it just makes no sense. The whole reason they were already treating Gaza as though it was an independent state, and that's why they were able to do what they did on October 7th, killing all those people. And Israel's Knesset, which is like our Congress, um, is almost completely united in opposing that recognition of the Palestinian state. And some of you are aware of the fact that it's been very close, actually, in the past to them endorsing it. So it's totally changed that uh, uh, atmosphere in the Knesset. So we just continue to watch that and see which way it's going to go. And uh, with, with that, we go to number two, the illegals invasion that's taking place, not just in the southern border. It's taking place all over the place. The north, they're flying in, getting off an airplane, and then never, show, never coming back, never leaving. But what is the government doing with all of those single fighting-age men? And we've shown you that before. When you hear about the border, you're hearing about an invasion of not families. They're bringing children and women, but it's not families. The children and the women are being brought up for sex abuse and slavery. They're taking, bringing them into this country, turning them into sex slaves, and then just using them as old-fashioned farmhand-type slaves. Um, it's going on over the country. And the Biden administration knows that's happening. We've said it over and over. But a huge number of these people coming across are single men fighting age in their 20s, early 30s. And um, watch, I mean, uh, they, they are actually now saying that they, the Democrat Marxist death cult is trying to pass law to allow illegals to serve in the military and then saying, and then if they serve in the military and they serve with honors uh, or, or they, they, you know, have an honorable discharge, they can then become American citizens. So uh, this is Charlie Kirk was the first person I saw uh, spell that out. I went and found some other uh, sources, but he, call, he said that they're calling it the Courage to Serve Act, allowing illegals to get citizenship with benefits as a reward for service in the U.S. military. Now, one of the excuses for this is that this year, 2024, is on track to be the U.S. military's worst recruiting year since World War II. It's because they've turned it into a sodomite cesspool. That's why. That's why people don't want to be. That's why so many have left and so few want to join. And uh, instead of fixing the institutional rot that is pushing young Americans away from military service, our leaders want to replace them with hired foreign Guns. The new proposal in Washington that would help migrants get an expedited path to citizenship, it would require them to first serve in the U.S. military. All right, Fox News' Morgan McKay joins us with details of the bill which lawmakers say could help solve two problems at once. 
there is no higher honor than serving your country in uniform. And that honor could be extended to migrants under a new bill introduced by Hudson Valley Congressman Pat Ryan. Called the Courage to Serve Act, this bill would offer qualified and vetted migrants an expedited path to citizenship if they serve in the military. According to Ryan, last year the military services collectively missed recruiting goals by roughly 41,000 recruits, leaving some crucial positions unfilled. If there are folks with the courage to raise their right hand, take an oath to protect and defend our Constitution, and put their lives on the line for this country, then they sure as hell deserve the opportunity to be citizens in the United States of America. So you have an army willing to shoot Americans because they're not Americans. And you get Democrat voters to boot. Just. Just like today, you saw where uh, Biden paid off about 153,000 student loans. What's that doing? Buying votes. That's all it's about. Meanwhile, China forms an underground terror force here in the United States. Uh, Jenny Alba, you posted uh, the link to an article, and I'd heard about this a couple of days ago, and I was still waiting to see, but it looks like it's being confirmed that China has gone back to uh, forming militias in their own country that they haven't done since the 1970s or, or like maybe early 1970s and here in America look at the stats in 2021 you had 450 Chinese nationals come into the country illegally oh, wow. just this year we're January February 20,000 it's an invasion and the only thing I can say is, folks, is that our nation is so wicked, just so wicked, that it's now like spiritually brain dead and mentally retarded. And I don't mean that in a bad way, so get over it if you don't like that word. It's a real word, and it describes the mental condition of this country right now. <laughs> it's just Our amazing. country from the southern border, that's a massive increase, as you can see, from just three years ago. So what's behind this? Gordon Changno, senior fellow at the Gatestone Institute and author of China is going to war. First, Gordon, do we know who these people are? Well, certain people are who they say they are. They are desperate middle-class Chinese. You know, you showed a migrant who paid $1,000 to the court cartels. Well, the Chinese migrants pay something like thirty-five dollars to $45,000 to the cartels because they can afford it, and the cartels know that. Um, but we're also seeing a group, very suspicious, very sinister looking, um, Chinese males of military age traveling without family members, pretending not to speak English. And in last month, at the end of last month, we started to get more evidence that these are saboteurs because we saw these videos of recent arrivals taking target practice with pistols and sniper uh, rifles. So really, we got to be concerned because why would they be doing this after just arriving in the U.S., being here fewer than three weeks? Well, can you break that down um, in terms of these military-age men? Where are they taking this practice? Who are they? What type of organization is behind them? You know, you got to eat. You got to sleep someplace. Who's taking care of them? Can you tell our viewers, explain that in detail? Well, first of all, they were the videos from the Defiant America website, um, which is of some sandy desert area. But we also know um, from, for instance, Blaine Holt, a retired Air Force general, that they're taking target practice in large numbers in his state of Idaho. Um, so this seems to be across the country. 
In that Defiant America website, they said that the migrants who had been pictured were in the U.S. Um, for less than three uh, weeks. They had uh, no money when they crossed the border into the U.S., and they had no identification. So the question is, where did they get the funds for target practice? We really don't know. And there are a lot of questions that have to be answered because there are, as we progress, more and more reports of target practice by Chinese migrants. Are authorities aware of this? And is there any indication that the FBI and other law enforcement may be, they may be on their radar? Have you heard about any of that? We've hear, I've heard of no U.S. law enforcement efforts. Um, I have heard of groups of Americans who are extremely concerned who are tracking these Chinese migrants and getting evidence of it. Um, but so far, you know, the Biden administration has not been tracking um, migrants as they come across the U.S., and I don't think that they've been tracking the Chinese ones as well. The problem, part of it is that there have been so many Chinese migrants that they have not been vetted carefully for either military or Communist Party links um, because of language problems and because of just the sheer number of them. And, and finally, we go from uh, three years ago, we saw 450 Chinese migrants, 450. And then in just four months, 20,000. Is it your belief that this is an organized CCP operation to infiltrate Chinese nationals of military age, perhaps, into our country for eventual nefarious purposes? Well, that's certainly true for some of them. I think the majority, though, um, really are desperate Chinese, because we have seen in the last couple of years evidence of societal failure in China. Um, the economy is crumbling, but also society is just not working like it once did. Um, so I do believe that most of the Chinese coming across are really just desperate. Remember, these people have given up everything to come to the U.S. Um, so, um, you know, if you're talking about the vast majority of them, yes, they're desperate. But inside of that, there are large numbers of, I think, soldiers who have come here to wage war on America, to link up with known Chinese facilities, especially the, that uh, lab in Reedley, California, the secret Chinese biological weapons lab that had uh, at least 20 pathogens, including the one for Ebola, and almost a thousand mice that had been genetically engineered to spread disease. That's evidence that China is putting together this infrastructure to wage war on us. It's happening. And so, you know, what do you do? Well, uh, I'd say the people who have to worry the most are the people living in the city. And if you live in the city, you better have some uh, weapons and you better have some food and you better have a, a go bag and you better have an ex escape plan and that's all I can tell you. Uh, and uh, of course we pray that our escape route is up. But uh, I, I wish I could just say don't worry about it because we know the rapture is going to happen first. We don't know that. And I've talked about it over and over that there's human history for 2,000 years, a bunch of people have suffered the same sort of thing that is happening in America today. And why does it happen? God hands them over. God has said in his word, he didn't just do it to the Jews. Who did the Jews kick out to get the promised land? He warned the Jews, if you go and become like the heathen, I'll kick you out of the land. And he did. But before that, he said, I'm going to kick those people out. But you got to wait a little while because the uh, wickedness of the Amorites is not yet full. And then there came a time when the wickedness of the Amorites was full. And he destroyed them. And he gave their land to Israel. America 
It's kind of close if you think about it. America, Amorites, United States of Amorites. And I'm not happy about it one bit, so don't get me wrong, but I'm just telling you how it is. And the Bible says in the last days, Luke 21.10, Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. They notice things that are different are not the same. So he's not talking about the same thing. I've heard people teach that. Same. Nations and kingdoms as though they're the same thing. They're not. The kingdoms are a reference to the countries and their governments. The nation is, a, is talking about, as you hear it used like the Cherokee nation. You know, you hear it used right sometimes. And it'll, it'll mean that within America, you have all these uh, segments in our country who have never uh, become part of the melting pot. And they've never assimilated. And they're coming in groups now. They've been here for a while. And you have these different groups are all going to come against each other. And it's going to be a big, ugly thing when it happens. And so Jesus said it was going to. The question is, will it happen before the rapture? That's the only thing we don't know. All right, we're in Micah chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. The mountain of the house of the Lord. So we begin Micah 4 and get a glimpse of the mountain of the house of the Lord. And we're going to read verses 1 and 2 together. So read it with me. But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow unto it. And many nations shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, and to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths, for the law shall go forth of Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Amen. Amen. So Micah now foretells the coming literal kingdom of Messiah, um, the Messiah of Israel, who we know to be Jesus, of course. We're going to say a word of introduction, then we'll look at verse 1 is the establishment, and number 2, the administration. So we'll look at that as we come to it. By way of introduction, I just want to remind you of the charts we have out there. This is the seven uh, biblical dispensations. It's very important that you get a grasp of that to understand these things when you're reading them. That uh, Micah is talking uh, to people who are uh, about to have their temple destroyed, and that's Solomon's temple. And then that brings in a time after the captivity, 400 years of silence, and then the Messiah himself shows up, and uh, we know that to be Jesus Christ. And he then, at the age of about 30, offers the kingdom for three and a half years. They reject him. He's crucified. He uh, arises from the dead, conquers sin and death, and ascends to heaven. And his apostle, apostles continue to offer that kingdom throughout the book of Acts. But we see in tandem with the offer is a transition from Micah's dispensation of Mosaic law to our dispensation of the gospel of the grace of God. This is about to wind up after a couple thousand years almost, this dispensation, and we're about to then, after the rapture, we see the last actual, actually the last seven years of the previous dispensation. We go back under Mosaic law for seven years. They'll build a third temple, and that 
third temple will be a what we call a tribulation temple. It will not be God's temple. Uh, it is not something God Himself will be in, but He prophesied it will happen, and it will be on His land, it will be on His mountain. So that's why it's considered sacred and off limits to uh, the heathen. But then the Antichrist will walk in there midway through the tribulation, declare himself to God, and then that just causes God to reign his wrath. And after three and a half years, Jesus will return, destroy the whole Antichrist system, clean that mountain of the Lord off, and build the final temple, the millennial temple, that will be there for a thousand years. And that's what this is about. Verse 1 says, but in the last days it shall come to pass. Last days meaning the last dispensation, literally. That the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains. And that's a literal temple of God on His appointed temple mount. We're in Deuteronomy in our office studies right now, and even all the way back then, before the Jews, the Hebrews had even gone into the promised land, God says, I'm going to pick a place. And that place is the only place you're supposed to do my service when it comes to sacrifice and the whole priesthood and everything. And they just kind of pictured the tabernacle being put there. Um, and for a while, uh, that's all they had until Solomon built his temple. And that was a wonderful temple, an amazing temple. But we're going to take time, not this week, but we're going to look. Ezekiel, beginning at about Ezekiel 40, gives some very detailed information about this amazing temple that will be built during the millennium. It will dwarf all previous temples. That millennial temple is going to be an amazing thing to see. So on that chart with the dispensations, if you look... You'll see there where this is at, and you zoom it in a little bit. That's where we are. We're right about where that purple ribbon says pre-tribulation rapture of the church sideways there. And then that's the 70th week. That's the last seven years of Mosaic law. That's why there's a temple, and that's why they're, they're, they'll go back under the law in a sense, but they won't actually fulfill the law just like they didn't fulfill it in the 69 weeks previous to that. And then what happens at the end of that is the second coming of Jesus Christ and he sets up his kingdom and that's where we are. We have another chart that I refer you to, Daniel 70 week prophecy that I would uh, encourage you to get and it shows the Daniel 9, 24 to 27 prophecy uh, as it's charted that you'll find there. And you zoom that in, you'll see we're in that dispensation of the gospel of grace. We're about to go up at the rapture of the church and that then introduces the uh, 70th week, and that'll be the last seven years before Jesus sets up his kingdom, which is where we're at, again, in Micah 4, 1 and 2. And by the way, I just want to mention this. We studied the Feast of the Lord for Israel. And I want to re repeat this because I, I see it all the time. Some of you wonder, when's the rapture going to happen? And there's always going to be somebody out there ready to sell you a book and convince you that it, the rapture has something to do with the Feast of Israel. And I'm telling you, it has nothing to do with the Feast of Israel. Amen. The Feast of Israel belonged to who? The Jews. Israel, the Jews. It's not about the church. And so what they'll point to is down in the fall feasts, and they'll say that the Feast of Trumpets is, is uh, like the... the feast that indicates the last trump of the rapture? No. 
the Feast of Trumpets points you to the seven trumpet judgments in Revelation. Then you have the atonement. That, doesn't, that has nothing to do with the rapture or anything. And I've heard some guys say, I don't really know how that fits in. <laughs> it doesn't fit in. And that's all about when Jesus comes in Romans 11, 25 to 27, for one example, says that's when I take away their sins. When He returns and the third remnant, the one-third of, of the Israel remnant that survives, it says they'll look upon Him whom they pierced, in Zechariah 14. And that's when they are saved. At that moment. They, they are saved literally. And they're saved as they uh, turn. They have rejected the mark of the beast. They've survived. And so that then brings you down to the Feast of Tabernacles. And that is when Jesus will fulfill what he wanted to do the first time. He will have the actual temple. But he himself will tabernacle among men. He will dwell among men. And that's what the Feast of Tabernacles is referred to. Not the rapture. He doesn't land on the earth at the rapture. The Feast of Tabernacles is about when he actually comes to the earth and actually tabernacles with men. He will live on the earth. And of course that's what Revelation describes from Revelation uh, read 19 to the end and you'll see that two or three times in that, those chapters. So with that introduction to what brought us here in Micah chapter 4 verse 1 we see the establishment of the mountain uh, of the Lord or as it says the the mountain of the house of the Lord what's it say but in the last days it shall come to pass so it's clear that this is going to happen when how many do you think we're there yeah so think about it how many of you believe that the rapture could happen before I say my next word. That means that potentially, I'm not day setting or anything, I'm just telling you, potentially, if the rapture happened in the next hour, next day, whatever, then within a short amount of time is when the seven year countdown to the return of Christ comes.